join us here on Faith Love Hope Sunday, and we are excited for what God is, is doing, what he's going to do, and uh, if you are new here, it is just a tremendous privilege to have you in the house, and uh, we are just so honored that your presence is here, and um, what uh, Faith Love Hope Sunday, if you're new to City Point, you're like, what is Faith Love Hope Sunday? Uh, well, it's an incredible time where once a year, globally, in the U.S., it's around this time, and in the Australia and New Zealand, it's around June, uh, but uh, around this time is where we come and we look over the last year, and we celebrate the victories as a community of what God has done in and through this house uh, in, in, in Colorado through us, and, and then we also take a, a, a moment to gaze into the future and speak vision into 2024, and what God God wants to do. And uh, so if you, this is your first Sunday, what happens is at the end of the service, uh, Faith Love Hope Sunday, or while I'm speaking, uh, you've been given a few cards. Uh, one has some st- uh, statistics on it, but then one is a praise uh, report as well as a prayer request card. Um, and then one is uh, either your pledge card or the envelopes in the seat and pockets in front of you for the offering at the end. And what we're going to do is at the end, with you and your spouse, or maybe you and your family or your kids, uh, fill this out. While, while I'm speaking and God's speaking to you, say, hey, I want to fill out a praise report or my prayer request uh, and then, or what I'm giving today. And at the end, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you guys to, uh, one, uh, aisle by aisle, come out of your seats, come down to the front. And what, what's going to happen, first of all, is you gather around the cross and you pray together and you just put your prayer request and your praise report on the cross, and then you grab your uh, pledge card or your envelope with your offering today, and you just put it right here uh, in the urn and pray together as a family, and it's a really incredible holy moment, and uh, just saying, God, hey, we're going to sow in to the future of all that you have for me personally and also corporately in what God's going to do, and the way we're going to do that is we're going to usher through the middle seat the aisles and then funnel out to your left and then back to your seats, and so it's a powerful, uh, powerful uh, moment, but in order to do that, we are going to look past the last year and what God's doing. So over the last year, let's put the first one, church life. These are the, some of the incredible things that God has done over the last year. Come on, can we give God praise for 121 people coming to Christ? Come on, 322, 20 volunteer hours, 37 people baptized in water, 60 people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on, we are doing something that is so beautiful. Come on, the attendance, can we put the attendance one up? The attendance last year, we saw 1,969 attended uh, conferences and major events, 39,546 through the doors on a Sunday. Our kids are overflowing people. At, at last week, uh, we had, uh, uh, 8 a.m. was over 220 people. Our 10 a.m. was 320 people, and our at 12 p.m. was 220 people. And uh, to the point of going, we need, to, uh, we need to actually open a new service before we actually get into the new building because our kids are overflowing. And uh, so not only there on Sundays, but at the den, we are averaging 30 to 40 kids at the den. And that is a time where our kids come and soak in the, in the presence of God and hear from the Holy Spirit, encounter Jesus in an incredible way. And then this is awesome, 177, no, wait, 680 foundational class uh, attendance. So people have attended 680 of our discipleship foundation classes. Can we give God a praise for that? And just also through our incredible crisis care ministry and Pastor Becky Hess and the team, we've seen over this, we've seen $800 gift cards given to those in need, $7,000 in utilities and back rent for single moms, 180 calls to the hotline for resources, and $9,000 towards care baskets for the sick so that we are taking care of our people. 
for our outreach because we're not just about, uh, supposed to attend uh, the four walls of the church. We're supposed to be out. So for our outreach, we've seen this. Uh, $18,000 raised for It's Not Okay, helping kids come out of sex trafficking, which is phenomenal. Uh, 50 plus uh, Love My City service projects, which that is now going to be our annual uh, outreach as a church. 120 outreach volunteers, 500 plus outreach volunteer hours. Uh, another awesome thing. 100 meals given to the homeless, 100 bags of food and supplies for the homeless. 60 blankets donated for single moms. And then next week, we are going to put the check on the box for 10,000 pounds of food and toys brought in so that we can see Pastor Rick's entire head get shaved and beard in Jesus' name. Over this year, uh, and we're talking about the foundational classes, it's been phenomenal to see what God's done in, in uh, preparing us and positioning us uh, really to be the disciples of Christ and true followers of Christ in this hour. And uh, so really it's, it's, it's remaining in a posture of being a student and learning. The, and so it just continues to expand. This year, we launched our Warfare and Deliverance, a foundational class. And we also launched, uh, uh, Zach Almi, Dr. Zach, launched our Healthy Habits. Can we give God praise for that? So we are, we are ambitious and very aggressive about discipling people. And then uh, we also bought our new church home building. Can we give God a shout of praise? So for us to get construction launched, uh, our, our goal is $1.5 million uh, to get that up and rolling. And uh, just, to, just to be transparent in front of you guys, so right now, as we speak, we are praying, paying not only for the new building, not only paying HOA fees, but we're also paying for the lease of this building. And so obviously we want to get out of these four walls and get into our new building as soon as possible. And it doesn't have to be perfect in any way, uh, shape, or form. We just want to get in there and just start to advance what God is doing in the new building. Amen? So... Over 2023, uh, we, we, we stepped into a threshold and we declared revival resolve in this house. Um, if you're going, uh, what, Pastor Aaron, what is revival resolve? It's a non-negotiable. It's a decision made. It's a resolve of a life mission, a ride or die, basically declaring revival or nothing. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.1, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So part of our vision here is to leave a legacy of revivalists. Part of our vision here is to see generations transformed by the love and the power of God. Our Heavenly Father's perfect will being established at every corner of Colorado, setting the stage for his glory to increase and us to steward this increase exponentially. See, as a community, we've been given a mantle of revival. If you're new to here and you're going, what, what's all this pre-service yelling and screaming about? What's all this prayer and revival and, and, and that worship and, and just going after? We want to see a move of God. We're not, we're not mantled to entertain a crowd. We're mantled to minister to Jesus. We're mantled to lead people, not to a place of smelling like the smoke of heaven, but actually stepping into the fire of heaven. We are mantled to, we're to, to be finished with the old church mentality, the Western modernized way of a conservative approach. And we've been postured to do whatever it takes to see revival in Colorado because we live fueled with the most powerful vision on planet earth is his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in 2024, as we thank God for what he did uh, over this last year, we, we are looking into the future and our mandate will not change. Our mandate is revival, even with the threat of World War III. 
even with the threat of the unstable economy, even with the unshakable, uncertain, uncharted territory that we're about to step into in 2024, I believe this church is positioned, poised, and ready with our eyes fixated upon Jesus, empowered and saturated in the spirit of God to overcome and lead the charge in Colorado. Can I get an amen? And God has spoken to us in 2024. And he revealed to us in Matthew 26, 36, which I want to read to you right now in this moment. It says this, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you you men keep watch with me for just one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. You see, in 2024, a revival resolve remains the same but our revival resolve cannot be sustained without radical, fervent prayer by every man, woman, and child in the body of Christ. In 2024, we are declaring over this house, it will be the year of Gethsemane. It will be the year of Gethsemane. Let me explain. What God is building here is unique. What God is building here is very, very unique in Colorado and in this nation. And it is pregnant with potential. Everybody say pregnant. It is pregnant with potential. And we've allowed, you've allowed, I've allowed, we've allowed the Holy Spirit to fine tune this vision, to bring this just Jesus focus, not just to our intellect and our mind, but outworking in our hearts. And we've said, yes, Holy Spirit, we will follow you in this hour to build your church, not the Western modernized Christian version of your church, but your church, the church you see, just because we're pregnant does not mean we have birthed the purposes of God for this hour. The enemy would love to come and spoil the fresh bread that is baking in this house. He'd love to bring just a little bit of leaven in this house, just a little bit of leaven to spoil what he does. And we all know, and I will constantly contend this word, the leaven that that God, that the enemy would love to bring into this house is familiarity, familiarity. And we've got to learn how to guard our personal hearts, guard the heart of this church, guard the walls of this house and guard what God is doing. Woe to us if we find slumber in this hour rather than praying with our Savior. Woe to us if the vision of revival resolve becomes a marketing brand rather than a war cry. Woe to us if familiarity becomes a dangerous trap. Can I get an amen? If allowed, familiarity will silence our prayers, will water down our beliefs, it will put a ceiling over our faith, and it will derail us from the commitment that God has called us to. Familiarity will allow us to hold hands with religion, and religion stifles things. It makes the divine things flippant and casual 
and apathetic. It takes the holy things and makes them common and ordinary. We cannot afford to fall into the trap of familiarity. We cannot afford to come to a place where we begin to take the presence of God for granted. We can't get to a common place where our prayer life is stale, where our coming to the service and we're singing the same songs, where I'm just doing the ordinary life. I'm just getting by in my day-to-day job. No, we cannot get there. Why? Because familiarity would, would love to imprison you in predictability. That's why, that's why humanity loves the comfort of a one-hour service, loves the comfort of I know what I'm gonna get. I know what coffee I'm gonna get. I know what I'm gonna get after the service. I know what I'm gonna get. It's predictability. The flesh births predictability, but the spirit births an unprecedented move of God that shakes the very and offends the intellect of the mind. Familiarity will always compromise the greater. Familiarity will always compromise the greater. And of this house, we are determined in our revival resolve, stepping into a year of radical, fervent Gethsemane prayer that we are decided that we are gonna fight all of the of familiarity, complacency, and slothfulness in this house. Proverbs 24, 30, 34 says this, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. It is extremely difficult for, 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 to bring revival to slothful people. It's time to be awake. It's time to be alert. It's time to be about the Father's business. We cannot fall asleep and be lured by deceptions, ideologies in this hour. You see, the disciples got used to Jesus going away and praying, but they never saw, they never had a glimpse, they never witnessed this type of prayer, the prayer of Gethsemane. You see, temptation is knocking at your door to come and fall asleep, go back into the slumber, go back to how you used to do Christianity, how you used to read the word, how you used to approach prayer, how you used to to worship, or how you used to just come through the doors and find a backseat and hide in the shadows of a four walls of a building called the church. But do not answer temptations. Knock. Do not answer. You and I must make a radical decision. We must enter this season of Gethsemane. Can I get an amen? Gethsemane defined is an olive press. And we know this, they press the olive three times to, to literally sponge out all they possibly can of the olive. You see, Jesus, here in Matthew 26, went to pray three times. Three times he was, he was emptied of all that he was, even to the point of being so overwhelmed where he, he, he dripped uh, sweats of blood. You see, it was Jesus' moment in this hour to tarry, to press, to travail, to birth this perfect will of the Father so that he could fulfill his assignment. In the same way, our Gethsemane moment is upon us. It's our moment to stand up and fight in the spiritual realm. It's our moment to rise and combat the demonic strongholds that are unceasingly trying to keep this region and this state, come on, in a place of liberalism, as a place of wickedness, at a place of witchcraft, but not on our count and not in this hour 
hour, says the Lord. It's our moment to tarry for our sons and daughters that are prodigals. It's our moment to press for our children and their schools. It's our moment to travail unashamedly for the White House, the Oval Office, the halls of Congress, for justice and righteousness to prevail and roll like a righteous running river. It's your hour. It's my hour. It's our hour. Will you step into the season of Gethsemane? I told you I've not preached for a month. It's coming at you, whether you like it or whether you not. Come on. You see, you see, this the revivalist, Evan Roberts, the revivalist, Evan Roberts, his brother said that, man, he would hear him during the day and he would tarry and press and travail and, and just the, the moans and groans of the Holy Spirit praying through him. But even while Evan Roberts slept, his brother said that he would travail in his sleep and it, it, when, when, he, when he had this window of travailing in his sleep, all of a sudden, a few days later, that's when the Welsh revival was birthed. You see, we're not here to fake it. I'm sorry. This is not just a show. We're not here to manufacture anything. We are here to give ourselves to the Holy Spirit and the opportunity for him to pray through us and to see what only he can do in this hour. What is the year of Gethsemane going to birth? Number one is this. The year of Gethsemane will birth revival in your secret place. We want to go wider. We got to go deeper. Learning the art of tearing, pressing, and travailing. Bill Johnson says this. We advance the kingdom in two ways. Violent force through prayer, petition, and intercession, or through receiving with childlike faith. Do you know the devil? He don't mind if you come to church. He don't mind if you lift your hands. He don't mind if you shout amen. He don't mind as long as your attendance doesn't equal transformation. Your attendance doesn't equal more fruit on your tree. The devil does not want you to have revival in your prayer life. You see, Haggai 2.9 says, The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. In order to see the greater than the former, it demands a radical revival in your secret place. Come on, somebody. You have to have a secret place revival. And Jesus is inviting the disciples in the most crucial hour of his time on earth. One commentary said that all of history hinged on this one moment. All of history hinged on this one moment. And that's why Jesus said, come on, in Revelations 2.4, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Come on, your secret place is the most vital and essential part of your relationship with Jesus. This is where real worship takes place. This is where the overflow of relationship takes place. Come on, revival begins when you and I begin to get fed up with where we're at with Jesus. That we're fed up to not see the the outpouring of the glory. We're fed up to not see it, the manifestation of what God promises in the Bible. Your secret place is, like, is a lot, navigating your secret place is, is a lot like learning how to play the guitar. And uh, learning how to play the guitar, I remember when I was 15, and I'm, I got handed a, a sheet with scales on it, and my, and my dad handed it to me, and I'm looking at it, I'm going, minor pentatonic scales, major scales, Dorian scales, mixolydian scales, what is going on here? My mind is confused, and a lot of people approach prayer the same way. What happens is the more you practice repetitiously, the scales 
all of a sudden your fingers just do it without even thinking. Just like your lungs tanking in, in, in a breath of oxygen. Without even thinking, you begin to pray. Without even thinking, you begin to enter into new realms of breakthrough. Without even thinking, you begin to, dis- to discover new dimensions of, of, of the realm of the Spirit. New dimensions where the Holy Spirit wants to take you. New realms of deeper worship. Come on, you think the worship here is good? Get ready for what God is about to do in the new year through worship of this house. This is a house of prayer. This is a house of worship. And when we worship deeper, things start to happen. When we pray deeper, things start to happen. And let me ask you this question. When is the last time you worshiped and you stepped into something that, in a new realm of the Spirit? He's calling you and I to say, this has to be my highest value. This has to be that place where I, I, I value it so much. I need it. I need my secret place revival in this coming year. And see, you got to ask yourself, do you realize you actually have a need for intimacy? If you, don't, if you don't realize you have a need for something, you don't pursue it. So if you don't place it of your highest value, you'll never go after it. If you don't see that you have a need for intimacy with God, to, for God to saturate in you and baptize you in his love daily, a continued infilling of his love, you'll never pursue what Jesus has for you. And if you're going to see a sustaining move of God, it has to be when we plug ourselves into the very place of this move of God. And it starts with being able to know how to navigate prayer. See, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he knew how to tarry. You, you gotta understand, the word tarry, in the Greek word, the, tarry, the word tarry is Gregorio. It means to be vigilant and responsible. So all of a sudden today, you've got to accept the fact that I'm going to begin to tarry a lifestyle of prayer, Gethsemane prayer in my life, a lifestyle where I begin to take responsibility for my own prayer life. To tarry is to intentionally wait for something and expect for something. Synonyms of tarry are wait, linger, delay. You camp in one spot for such a time. To tarry is to silence your flesh at the altar of prayer. To tarry is to wait upon God. And I know that waiting upon God equals dying to your flesh. Michael Culliano says this. He goes, your secret place is like a coliseum that slays idols. And just like air being released from a balloon, when I go down into my basement, into my secret place, and I, I, I turn on soaking worship music, and I, and I get a, pa- a piece of paper and pen, and just like an air being released from a balloon, I just, I, I push past, I begin to tarry, expecting that I'm going to come into a greater encounter today, expecting a revelation that God is gonna birth something profound for this day, for this moment, it's not taking in yesterday, not taking in last year, and like an a, a air that releases a balloon, if I have something that crosses my mind, a to-do thing, I'll just write it down. I empty, and I empty, and I I empty and I empty myself. See, Jesus said, come with me and pray. What if the disciples actually prayed? What if the disciples actually said, I'm going to tarry? We have to become a people that tarries in prayer, quieting our hearts, coming to a place of recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. You and I, we need to be informed of what's going on in our world. We need to know how to pray for Israel. We need to know how to stand in the gap for our nation. We know how to, we need to come and pray for our political leaders. We need to be informed. We need to be acknowledged. We need to have all those things. But most importantly is we need the voice of the the Holy Spirit in this hour. We need the voice of our shepherd. We need the voice of our warrior king. We need the voice of heaven's champion. And it comes to a place when we tarry, we say, God, I'm ready to hear. 
God, I'm ready to push past my flesh, push past my to-dos and my agendas and say, God, I'm here. Just like a runner is at the, the starting line waiting for the gun to go off. He's tearing, he's ready, he's expectant to go after and win the prize. We tarry and we also press. Everybody say press. If I could have the keys out. To press means to leave the comfort zone. It means to do things uncomfortable. You gotta press your way into things. You gotta press your way. You might, have, you might have had a fight with your spouse on the way to church, but yet you still pressed your way here. You might have not felt like going to the gym this last week, but yet you still pressed your way there. You might have not felt like the extra hours putting into your school assignments or your work, but yet you still pressed your way to finish the job that God has given. See, some of us need to get a pressing attitude about ourselves. Some of us need to say, hey, I, I, I may have been defeated last year, I may have had to file bankruptcy. I may have got a divorce. I may have failed that assignment. I may have broke up with that girl. I may have not accomplished things, but today is a new day and I'm getting a press about myself. I'm getting an aggressive press into the future of what God has. You have to be willing to press into uncharted territory and what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal. You have to be willing to say, God, I want to be the man of God, the woman of God that is exposed to the mysteries of God for this hour to hear your voice for such a time. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you best press. Nudge them really hard and say, you best press. See, Daniel had to press. Daniel had to press. Daniel had to press. You got to see, and the angel eventually came to him after fasting and praying for 21 days. The angel finally came and says, hey, the angel was withstood by the prince of the kingdom of Persia. He knew he had to press. He knew he had to get into a place, not just tearing, not just pressing, but travailing. I believe this house in 2024 will find their travailing sound. What is travailing? Could you imagine hearing Jesus in that hour? Everything, humanity, his divinity, everything wrapped up, bleeding, sweating, drops of blood, the moans, the groans, the, 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 no God, take this cup from me. I think the movie, The Passion, really illustrates a phenomenal picture, but when you, when you start to get into the Garden of Gethsemane, guess what, people? It's, it's, the, it's the labor ward. It's, it's our moment of laboring, toiling, the distress, the hardship of bringing what is pregnant and manifesting and birthing into this hour. It's the, it's the place where the potential within pregnancy is revealed. It's the place where we start to see Romans 8, 26, that the Holy Spirit begins to plead to God with emotional sighs and deep, too deep for words. See, revival is awaiting those who will travail in prayer. You wanna see your prodigal children come home? When is the last time you physically felt your intercession? I remember, and I wanna honor Sandy Liptak, our incredible, leader of all things, prayer and ministry. And uh, I remember a couple years ago, Holy Spirit walking through the back doors, walking through the hallway, and all of a sudden, the sound of travail filled these hallways. Travail just filled this. It was, it was, it was, a, it was way past tearing. It was way past declaring and pressing in. It, it was tapping into something that was, it was groundbreaking. And this, the sound filled this house. And it was, it was uncomfortable but yet exciting. It was offensive to the mind, but yet your heart goes, I want that. 
And you don't travail just for no reason. You travail because you're now in the garden of birthing. You're now in the place where God has the potential inside you that can be brought forth for such a time is at end. You and I don't get a free bypass. You wanna continue on this journey with our community? Guess what? You are going to enter into the Garden of Gethsemane. And the beautiful thing is, it's not just about tearing and pressing and travailing. Guess what? The year of Gethsemane will birth the perfect will of the Father for this hour in Jesus' name. You gotta understand. Come on, as a church, you gotta understand. We can't have his permissive will. We can't have his second best. We can't just enjoy a fun, stimulating moment of, of just 65, 70% there or a little gerbil that gets up to the water tank and then just, 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 just nibbles, nibbles on the, on the presence of God, nibbles on signs, wonders, and miracles, you know, nibbles. Come on, I want you to get that illustration more, people. Come on, just, just nibbles. That's the church. Just come in, just, just. Don't be the church that just nibbles on the presence of God. I want the full shebang. I want all that God has. I don't want the leftovers. I don't want just good enough. I don't want just, I've almost touched it. I, or I'm applauding someone else doing it. We want the move of the Spirit of God. And in the year of 2024, there's going to be a deposit. If you say yes, there will be a deposit in this house. A, an extreme desire to fulfill the perfect will of the Father. Revival or nothing. Revival or nothing. Can I get an amen? The pressing is going to birth something that our generation needs. This pressing in the year 2024 will come to a place of, the, of, of aligning with Jesus in the selfless prayer, not my will, but yours. And to say, God, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to compromise my discernment, compromise my assignment by slumbering in this hour. I will not open the door to temptation. I will not say yes, but I will wake up starting tomorrow and say, God, what do you need to birth today? God, what do you need to birth this week? God, what do you need to birth this month? I am not leaving my secret place until you birth something inside of me, something inside of me. Lord, until you, you, you illuminate the vision in front of me that I know, 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 that this is your perfect will. And Jesus said, it was for the joy that was set before me. Something was deposited in Jesus that was not just for a moment. It was a sustaining revival in his heart and empowering to see the assignment fulfilled and humanity now completely gifted with the sacrificial lamb of God. The year of Gethsemane will birth the lifestyle of prayer needed to sustain the coming revival. This may not be um, glamorous to you. This may not be like, wow, I, I was hoping for something a bit more, you know, we're, we're, we're charging Mount Everest. We're, we're going there. This is what you desire. It is through going deeper with Jesus, saying yes to our Garden of Gethsemane moment and saying, Jesus, all or nothing. Next year, we're starting in January with a fast. 
And uh, it's a week-long fast. I'm probably gonna extend that for my, personally myself for the first three weeks of, of, of Jan. We'll announce it all. But then every month uh, coming, every month we're gonna do, th- the first three days of every month, we are going to dedicate to God and we're gonna fast as a church. The first Tuesday of every month, we're gonna, the entire church, we're gonna invite you guys to come and join everyone that Tuesday night prayer. Come and join us, pray together, seek God together, get on our faces together. Come on, Terry, press, travail. Every month we're gonna do that because our generation needs it. The lost of Colorado need us to say yes to this season of Gethsemane. Can we put our hands towards heaven? Holy Spirit, there's an anointing in this house for every single one of us to step into this year of Gethsemane. Lord, you're about to deposit something in the hearts of every single person in this house, online and in this room. There's something, a seed in your presence that's here. Lord, to, to, to birth this extreme desire to fulfill your perfect will. So Father, right now, Lord, as we take a hold, Lord, of these cards, of, this, of, the, of our prayer requests, of maybe our pledge card or the envelope of our offering, Father, we lift these up to you. Lord, we, we say yes. Lord, is stepping into and advancing what you're doing. To say yes in a bold, aggressive declaration of faith. To say, God, we see that Colorado can come to Christ. We see that, Lord, though, even, though, even though things seem daunting, even, even the elections just, just gone, didn't seem to go our way, but God, we know, we know that if you can, Lord, if you can rescue and lead your people out of Egypt, Father, you can bring salvation, you can bring restoration to Fort Collins, Lord, to Timnath, to Johnstown, to Wellington, to Lord, to Loveland, Lord, to Severance, Lord, to, Lord, to Longmont, to Colorado and beyond this region. Lord, we can and will be a catalyst to seeing the most unprecedented move of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that this nation has ever seen. So Father, today we we lift these just simple cards as a devotional offering to you right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. And we say, breathe on it, bless it. In Jesus' mighty name.